Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you, Paul, for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. My name is Nick. I'm the regulatory editor for Coindesk, and we are going to be talking about not regulations. JK, we're talking about regulations. Let's um, do it. <laughs> Paul, moments ago, Coinbase published, we saw a video, Coinbase published the Wells response that you sent to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, where you outline why you think the commission is wrong in saying Coinbase violated you know, the federal law. Uh, really quickly, let's just start with that. Can you talk us through the argument? What did you send to the SEC? And uh, you know, how are you looking at what they're alleging? Well, first of all, it's a pleasure to be up here with you, Nick, and to join so many of you for this conversation. Last Wednesday, uh, we did submit uh, a formal response to the Wells notice that we received. And that submission consisted of two things, a video, a portion of which you all just saw, and a brief which outlined why we believe an enforcement action against Coinbase would be misguided and contrary to law. And the heart of our argument in that brief, which I encourage all of you to read since we've now posted it uh, publicly, is that fundamentally nothing has changed about our business, not just over the last several months, but over the last several years. You know, in April of 2021, Coinbase submitted a draft registration statement and an S-1 application. And as part of our, our request to be allowed to be a public company, we laid out in detail after detail how our listing process works, the standards that we apply, why we believe that the assets that we list on our exchange are not digital asset securities, even though someday we would like to be able to offer them. And over the course of those discussions, we answered every single question that the SEC staff put to us uh, and provided every piece of information that was, that was requested. History, I think, makes very clear, Nick, what happened after that. We were allowed to become a publicly listed company in, in 2021. And so for over two years now, we have operated a business in largely the same way, according to largely those same um, standards and disclosures that we made. And there was never at any point in time a suggestion that we were, we were operating in violation of the law or in some way uh, running afoul of the federal securities rules in, in a way that should not have allowed us to be public in the first point. So that history we, we thought was very important to emphasize. But the other thing that we emphasize is that if you actually look at the process itself that we apply to evaluate um, our products and services and the tokens that we list, we are taking the law as it be given to us by Congress according to interpretations issued by the Supreme Court and following it scrupulously. And we lay all that out in a lot of detail. So the, the main point of our, 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 of our submission is we are a company that is rooted in compliance. We are a company that's committed to following the law to bring an action against Coinbase at this point in time, given that history, we just think is, is, is a grave mistake. So the SEC's argument, and in particular SEC Chair Gary Gensler has made this repeatedly in recent months, is um, they believe that basically every cryptocurrency except for Bitcoin is a security. And that seems to be kind of the core of the argument. We're seeing that in lawsuits against Biaxi and Bitrex. Fundamentally, that seems to be a very different viewpoint than what Coinbase has adopted and argued. Can you just talk about you know, how that is you know, playing out? Can you talk about the discussions you've had with the SEC about that you know, very fundamental question? Well, Nick, if it were just a matter of the SEC and Coinbase having a difference of opinion about what assets are securities and what assets are not, it would be one thing. But what is remarkable to me is that 
the SEC's position that essentially every asset other than Bitcoin, or maybe ETH, does anybody in this room know what the SEC thinks about ETH after the chair's testimony last week? If, if it were simply a matter of Coinbase, that would be one thing, as I mentioned. But you've got now conflicts within the federal government and very different points of view being adopted by other agencies of the federal government that undermine the claim by the SEC that uh, most or all of this market is somehow within its jurisdiction. For example, the chair of the CFTC, Mr. Benham, has explicitly declared that ETH is a commodity, not a security, in contrast to the suggestions of the SEC. You have the Department of Justice taking positions in, uh, in a particular case against a former employee of ours that the assets at issue were commodities or not securities such that they could charge securities fraud as opposed to wire fraud. So you have differences of opinion even within different parts of the federal government. Critically, Nick, you have differences of opinion even within the chair himself. If you look at, for example, you know, statements he has made as Professor Gensler, when he declared that 75% of the market would not be implicated or impacted by a discussion of the Howey factors. When even as the chair himself, for example, a month after we became public, in May of 2021, in which he declared that there is no market regulator applicable to cryptocurrency exchanges like ours. How can anyone say that this set of rules is clear or that there is a definitive view as to which assets or products and services fall within the SEC's jurisdiction or not? There is a better way to do this. We don't have to operate in this, in this uncertainty or with this uncertainty guessing as to which version of the SEC or which part of the federal government is going to um, pop up and, and, and claim jurisdiction uh, on any given day. It's not too late to have reasonable rules. It's one of the reasons why Coinbase in July of last year was very um, public in calling for rules in the form of a petition that we filed. And um, it's why over the last several months we've continued to make the case publicly, privately, formally, informally, in one-on-one -on -one conversations, on stages like this, that we can, we can get to a better place. We can get to reasonable rules that will hold cryptocurrency exchanges accountable, but protect investors in the process. And speaking of that position, so segueing to Monday when Coinbase filed a uh, mandamus writ to an appeals court, um, basically you're asking for a court to say to the SEC, come up with rulemaking, right? Well, what we said on Monday when we filed our petition for a writ of mandamus was that the SEC has unreasonably dragged its feet in simply responding to our petition. So the law is very clear that an agency like the SEC has to respond within a reasonable period of time. So that begs the question naturally, what is reasonable? Well, to wait eight, nine months and provide no response whatsoever to petition is plainly unreasonable, particularly when you consider that at the very same time as we are met with silence, and not just Coinbase, by the way, the entire industry is met with silence. You have the chair of the SEC declaring that no rules will issue. So they clearly made up their mind that we're not going to get rules uh, as we have requested in our petition. For now, that's fine. We disagree. We'd like to have our opportunity to challenge that decision in court. But until the SEC is compelled to provide that answer in a formal way, we're prevented from doing that, and all of you and the entire industry is prevented from learning um, you know, what reasonable rules are going to apply. So we've asked the Third Circuit Court of Appeals to, provide, to compel the SEC to provide a simple yes or no answer to a simple yes or no question. Will you grant this petition? We don't think that's a, 
a, a terribly uh, un unreasonable thing to request. As a quick side note, why did Third Circuit, as opposed to DC Circuit Court or you know, one in California? Well, now we're getting into, in, in, into procedural nerdery that only a lawyer like me could love. But the Third Circuit was, was appropriate, Nick, because we are incorporated under the laws of Delaware. The state of Delaware sits inside of the Third Circuit, and so that jurisdiction was available to us to file our petition, and so that's what we did. Fair enough. In terms of your engagement with the ICC, I know you've had conversations with them before they issued a Wells Notice. Can you talk through what those conversations looked like and any conversations you've had since the Wells Notice was filed? and even if the, you know, after the submission was uh, responded to. Yeah, well, I've already t spoken to the extensive conversations we had when we became a public company in, in uh, April of 2021. Of course, our conversations with the SEC go back much further than that. We've been in discussions with them over various products and services for years. But more recently, Nick, uh, even as we have publicly called for rules and, and, and pursued our petition uh, that I mentioned earlier, we have been engaged in private conversations with the SEC to share our ideas for what a registration framework could look like. How a cryptocurrency exchange like Coinbase, yes, but also any other out there, could come inside of the SEC perimeter and register so that it could, for the very first time, be able to offer registered securities here in the United States. We were very optimistic, quite frankly, when those discussions began in September of last year. We had hoped that by uh, extending an invitation to Coinbase, we were seeing a, a change of heart, or at least an opening of the mind at the SEC as to what might work in terms of reasonable rules. Unfortunately, after 30-some separate engagements with the SEC over those many months, after laying out for the SEC our views on what a, a registration framework could look like, when it came time for the SEC to finally tell us, and more importantly, all of you, what their ideas were for a registration framework, the response was simple. Thank you very much for your time. Have a nice day. And a few days later, we were told that a Wells notice would issue. Have you had a chance to talk to them since filing the response last Wednesday? Yeah, we are, we are in constant conversation with the SEC. And, and I should emphasize one thing, because I think sometimes it can be lost in, in these types of conversations, that the, the tone of the discussion has always been professional, even cordial. This is not a personal issue for, for us or, or for anybody who wants to know what these rules are. Um, but in those conversations, we continue to be left guessing as to what products and services are of particular concern to the SEC, why it is um, so difficult to um, lay out basic rules as they have done in Europe, as they, as they have done uh, all over the world. And so uh, at this point in time, we're largely in the same place as we were before this formal process began. Right. So. When the SEC decides to pursue an enforcement action, you have the five commissioners, so Chair Gensler plus the four other commissioners, all making a vote based on a recommendation from the Division of Enforcement. Um, you know, we were talking about this. The Wells response is an opportunity for Coinbase to make an argument as to why an enforcement action would be misguided. Do you anticipate enforcement action coming or moving forward at this point in time? Well. I always hope for the best, Nick, but prepare for the worst. That's my job as the CLO at Coinbase. Um, we, we, we continue to be eager to have a conversation, a real conversation, a dialogue as opposed to a monologue about what a registration framework for this uh, technology and industry could look like. But we are fully prepared, even though none of us uh, at Coinbase want to be in court, we are fully prepared to vindicate our rights and the industry and Americans' views on crypto in court if that's what's required. 
you know, we are now at a point where 20% of Americans have, have engaged with crypto, either through buying, selling, trading, or, or some other means. And 80% of Americans have said that the current system doesn't work for them, that it's tilted in favor of incumbents. So this is a fight about our position in the market, to be sure. But this is a much bigger fight. It's a fight that all of us in this industry have to take seriously and lend support to. Because until we get clarity and rules here in the United States, you're going to see the continued migration of talent, capital, and creativity to places outside of the United States. Because the rest of the world, they're watching, watching this very carefully. And they're not sitting around and waiting for the US to get its act together. They're moving ahead. We think that's a huge mistake. So you mentioned the whole clarity issue. Earlier today, uh, Chair Gensler put out a video where, uh, among other things, he said that there is clarity for crypto issuers in the U.S. It's just a lack of compliance. Uh, do you have a response or any thoughts on you know, those comments? I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, look, if it were simply the case that we were seeking to avoid regulation by labeling ourselves with some fanciful title and relying upon that label alone, um, I, I would be perhaps more sympathetic to the, to the claims of the chair and others at the commission. But the fact of the matter is that we are sitting up here, literally sitting up here on stage, asking for regulation, asking for rules, asking for um, a framework that makes sense for our particular uh, technology so that we can be registered, so that we can comply with the desire of the commission, as it has stated, that companies like ours come into uh, the, the regulatory perimeter in a way that would allow them to have oversight over our business. I don't think, though, it is reasonable to suggest that uh, simply because we are pointing out all the ways in which registration today is impossible, that we are somehow acting in a, a disingenuous way or, or acting in bad faith. To be clear, we would like to be able to register, but it is not simply a matter of going to the website and downloading a form, as has been suggested. I, I invite any or all of you to go to that website, to download that form, and to see if you can register uh, in the way that has been suggested. It can't be done. And because it can't be done, it is disingenuous to suggest otherwise. So kind of bringing this back to my you know, first question, um, Fundamentally, it seems that the SEC is saying, well, we believe that this industry should not exist the way it does right now. Um, the very model of you know, Coinbase as a crypto exchange where uh, you have the, you know, different parts of the business should not be under one roof. Um, does that make, I'm sure I can guess your answer, but does that make sense? And how do you kind of parse that and compare that with, you know, as you said, the way Coinbase has been operating for the last you know, several years? It doesn't make sense. I mean, look, the easiest way to understand this is look at how equities, traditional equities markets work, where you have ATSs and a BD attached to it because of the nature and operation of the, of the industry and the, and the market. Um, if that's not persuasive to you, look at the fact that our structure that we have in place today is the same structure we had in place when we filed our S1 in April of 2021. If there was a problem under the law with that structure, uh, back then, why on earth was this company allowed to list as a public company? Why on earth were ordinary Americans permitted to invest their hard-earned money in our company? There's no rational way to square that reality with what, what may be claimed today. And again, the reasons for all this are, are very simple. It's not just a matter of technicalities or lawyers arguing over distinctions. Blockchains work differently. 
You don't have settlement that takes two days or more to happen. You don't need clearing agents and other agents and intermediaries that introduce additional cost and burden and expense. Let's craft rules that take advantage of the opportunities presented by crypto while keeping investors safe and making sure that conflicts and other issues are managed appropriately. We can do this. This is hard, but it's not impossible. But until we engage in a public conversation, ideally through notice and uh, comment public rulemaking, we're never going to get to the right place. And we're going to continue to watch the UK, Europe, and the rest of the world rush ahead of us. So we're at about a minute, 45 seconds or so. Um, to close out, you know, looking away from the SEC for a moment, just kind of this broader crypto industry. Right now we're seeing, you know, as we speak, there's three simultaneous hearings in Congress talking about different aspects of the crypto world and regulations around it. Uh, as you mentioned, around the world, we're seeing lawmakers and policymakers discuss this. Where do you see these kinds of regulations advancing? Do you think the U.S. is in a position where, you know, Congress will actually act and, you know, enact any laws and legislation? Or are we kind of waiting for the rulemaking from these agencies to actually have some you know, productive conversation in the US. Well, I'm always hopeful, because I have to be hopeful in this job, that we're going to see uh, sanity and cooler heads prevail. I do think there, is, there are opportunities, as limited as they may be, in the current Congress to move things forward. I would highlight the stablecoin legislation that has been discussed uh, and hopefully will be formally introduced soon. Um, we have called for the SEC. Um, to issue rules. Again, I'm an optimist, but I'm also a realist when it comes to that possibility. And so what does that leave us, Nick, with? Where else might we turn for clarity and certainty and resolution? There's only one place to go. It's called the United States courts. And so if we have to go to court to get that clarity, um, it's unfortunate. It does reflect in many ways a failure of our legislative and regulatory process. But Coinbase is prepared to put the resources and time and energy into that so that not just this company, but every company, every individual who cares about crypto will finally have some clarity and certainty. Thank you very much. And thank you, Paul, for joining us. As unfortunately time, but your Wells Notice is public, the video is public, so those of you in the audience can take a look at those. And we'll throw it back to Sheila now. Thanks, Nick.